Okay, Boker Tov. So, if we do the little short topic first, and then we'll start a, little, a, a, a longer topic. Abira's leave. Right? Abira's leave, having uh, strength of character, courage of heart. There's sometimes where uh, a person collapses or uh, gives in, doesn't do what they need to do. And the reason is, is because of uh, being too soft and too merciful uh, that they actually will be more merciful than HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants them to be or, or break the Torah uh, because they think they know they're more kind than Hashem Chas Shalom. The way a Jew should live is Not to go right or left. You follow the Torah. There's certain things that are, that are objective. So even if you're worried about global warming, Yitzchak, I see you're, you're very concerned. Uh, so you can't say to yourself, you know what, I'm going to turn the lights off on Shabbos because it's Baltashchus, right? You know, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and I wash water and the water is Tameh, I'll recycle that water, I'll wash water again with that Tameh water because I don't want to waste the water, right? All of that, the Torah says, I, I, you know, I, I said this story once, and I, my first time I had this guy, I've had a few, put a few, many, many times, but first I had a certain kid in my law school class in my, in my house, this guy grew up really old school reform, like yeah, but like you know, the, the, went to the reform camps. Like ninety five percent of the reform Jews are are Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur Jews. He was from like uh, uh, an old town in USA, and he came to the house for Shabbos. And the first thing he says to me Friday night is like, "I can't close the lights. It's like such a waste." He asked me. We had a conversation about what is considered waste in this world, and he was not at all antagonistic. Uh, today. Uh, this boy, I would call him conservadox uh, many years later. So, but then he was, you know, he, would, he would have been orthodox actually, but for one thing, who he married. <laughs> that was the one thing that I, it's like, who you marry really decides your life. Um, but the point I'm making over here is this guy really thought, you know, it's a waste. And so it's not just a boy like that. We all have these things. Like we think we need to, you know, do things, but even though Hashem says not to do this, do this because we're merciful, we're kind, you know, or let things happen because it won't make a stand. Um, sure, how, about the, how about the guy who thought he couldn't flush the toilet? Yeah. They, right? I, sorry, I had a guest who, who thought he could not flush the toilet. I found that out Shabbos afternoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I said to him, how was your first Shabbos? He said, it's all good, except for I can't flush the toilet. <laughs> the flushing the toilet was the most challenging, right? Uh, he was very much. I've heard that. Too. Yeah. Very yeah very after that, I literally, I, whenever I have a guest who's never kept showers before, I, 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 I tell him specifically, really you could flush the toilet. Uh, <laughs> and you should. And you should. <laughs> Please. One and two. Uh, yeah. So, Adam Roy Bechavero, Davashino Hogan, Matoshikasalov. And just, here's the thing, you know, it's amazing. I got an email on Friday. It's a professor of sociology. Uh, had watched my invocation. Uh, this guy is like, I looked up, he is like all over the news. He's a social justice warrior. Uh, like one of these real social justice warriors that he liked it. You know, I, I, he probably thought I was talking about certain things. And the truth is, what he fights for, I'm not necessarily against. I don't know if that's my, my, my mochama about minimum wage and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, but really, he's out and about written and he has books to change and this and that. 
but you know, this same guy, I'm positive, because he described me his, his, his religious background, he happens to be, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if he's halakhically Jewish, that, that I'm not sure, because I saw in an article he's of Jewish and Catholic descent, but his kids go to Jewish schools, etc. But if I would tell him, you know, you, I'm concerned about you, that you don't keep Shabbos or Kashrus, say, well, leave me alone. Like, let my life be. Like, who, it's not your business. I'm out for justice. I'm out to make sure you're concerned about people destroying themselves monetarily, and I'm concerned about your spirit. Right? So there's some people who say to you, don't be so, just like in social justice, don't go out and rock the boat. Certainly, religiously, you know, have mercy. Be kind to the person. So instead, the person breaks every Shabbos, eats trafe, marries a guy, like their whole life, no one says anything to them. So what happens is, he's something which is wrong. And he doesn't say anything to him. Right? You can come to synagogue, every synagogue. Now again, all of this religious stuff, or, or spirituality, it's, it's like a doctor. You need to know who your audience is. You need to know what they can hear and when they can hear it. But the attitude that I'm, I, I'm gonna be, I don't want to hurt their feelings is not a Jewish attitude. Right, that that our attitude is You shouldn't watch your brother die. You know, a million people. I can't tell you. There's certain things. I'm just going back to the vacation because it's, it's on my mind, right? Because that guy who emails me on Friday. Uh, like one of the, the popular lines that people liked, apparently, as I said, that it should not just be uh, an act of remembrance, but a remembrance to act. Right, that the International Holocaust Remembrance Day should not just be an act of remembrance, but remembrance to act. So it's amazing to me that some of these same people who, and, and rightfully, by the way, very often, not, not always, some of their remembrance to act is that they don't know what, what, the right, what right and what wrong is, but, but on spiritual matters are the biggest, don't do anything. Don't say anything. Live and let live. Right? Just, just you know, don't hurt their feelings. Don't turn them away. So what happens is, is you have mass amounts of people who are sitting, we get the partial shayftim and shaytrim, right? So it's not what you want. Hashem says, if you see someone doing something wrong, you're obligated to say, say something to them. Right? That's a remembrance tact. Again, how to say, what to say, has to come from a point of love, has to come from a point of care, screaming at people, throwing rocks at people, whether they're physical rocks or emotional rocks, denigrating people usually doesn't get the job done, and it's unhealthy for the, for the person who gives it, right? It ruins that person's character as well to be a person, because you end up hating people and looking bad at people. It comes from, you know, uh, it's amazing with my, my kids getting older, or some of them, somehow that's always, you know, some of the kids are always younger, or new kids come. So it's like I have uh, multiple experiences, Baruch Hashem. But like you really being a parent is like serious stuff. It's like you, you, you it's, especially with teenagers. Like you think it's a three-year-old has a temper tantrum. It's one thing, and a teenager, it's like a different galaxy. So like at the end of the day, if you're a parent, you got to be a parent. And there's days you got to say things and do things and live up to things. You cannot just go on cruise control, and that's how life is. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you want to just give the person a lot of honor, even if they're doing something wrong, you know, a thief or a liar. You know, I'm going to be very frank. I, I, uh, if, I, if the President of the United States uh, would ask me to be on his cabinet, I would do it. 
if you, if, if, if any president, by the way, I would irrelevant because I'd want to do something for the world, right? I but I would be very honest. Whether it would be this president, the previous president, I would not flatter something I feel is wrong. So if something is wrong, you know, I, if any time I would do it, would be if I don't have to flatter Shekhar. I don't think he would work. I wouldn't work it all right. I don't think he let me on his cabinet. No, I don't think. No, uh, I think you would accept it. You'd probably say, "How many, how many days were Rabbi to make it? Uh, How many hours, right? <laughs> but, but no. But seriously, the, the, here's the reality: uh, in anything in life, you can't sell your soul, yeah. right? And and selling Hashem's soul and selling the Torah's soul. That doesn't mean you have to be a kamikaze, but you cannot say things which are problematic are okay, right? You cannot sell if you feel. Uh, marriage should be what marriage is. You, 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 may, you, know, you may not be in a position to, to act against, to speak out, fine. But you cannot say ever that you believe that's good. That's mamish, krom should be krom. That's, that's an isra de araisa. You, you, you perhaps in your position cannot articulate uh, why you think uh, Governor Cuomo is a mass murderer uh, for doing late term abortions and, uh, and empowering it. I'm serious about that. He's, He's going to be killing lots of little kids. If you're a king and you command people to do things or allow people to do things, so is he over first degree murder? No, he's not. Anyways, abortion, according to Rabbi Faisal, is not. It's, it's a manslaughter halacha, not that. But still, he's going to be causing thousands of thousands. He's a, he's a catalyst for that. I'm not saying you know he's shooting the gun, right? But neither is, is any leader who's telling armies to attack and stuff like that. He's ordering the state to allow things. That's right. He's empowering the state to allow things, which will 100% happen. Not 99, not 98, 100% guaranteed will happen, and not one or two. So basically, without him, it wouldn't happen, and with him it is. So you want to talk in a basin? Okay, we can handle a basin. But essentially, he's enabling murder. Okay, more than secretion, right? He's he's and changing society as well. Right? Any of these people, those positions of leaderships, you see what the Chazal talk about leaders like Yeravam didn't force people. He enabled enabled it. It's Chatas Yeravam, right? He didn't make. He, he didn't have guards to make you go to 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 the to the, to the two two places. But he enabled it, and it's called Chata Siravam. It's his sin. Um, so if you're hanging on, listen, if I'm Governor Cuomo, if you're Orthodox in New York, New York right now, you need government money, you need government protection, you got to deal with Cuomo. Right? To their credit, the Aguda spoke out right away. The same person they're going to have to deal with for all the budgetary things they need with, and, other, and we in Orthodox communities need things in New York, but you cannot flatter a person for that. You can't say, you know what, the ends justify the means. We need money for yeshivas. We need state rights. So let's tell Kuma we like his abortion law. It doesn't go that way. Right? You need to be able to, to fear Hashem more than you fear man. And everything in life. It's not being merciful. We not wanna, you, wanna, you, know, you don't want to hurt him. If you have mercy on the wicked, you will be an achzari. You'll be a cruel person. Who is the example of Rachmei Rashaim achzari? Who had Rachmi on the on 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 the Rishayim and it was considered Aksari? It's a classic example of that. Shal, right? Shal, Shal Hamelch, who let Amalek live, uh, and then he became, and then who did he kill? Eventually, the Kohanim. No, Irkan. Good. They had Amru al Pasik Shchiras Ara Ka'irev, 
Here's even a, a, an amazing thought that sometimes in order to have Torah in your house, you have to be a little bit cruel. You know, if all day Sunday you're going with your kids on vacation every Sunday, so you're never going to learn Torah. So your kids may say, Dad, I want to do this every Sunday. You have to be a little cruel sometimes and say, Listen, I got to learn Torah. I got to have any time to do Torah. Now, obviously, every parent. Every father, every mother has to spend quality time with their children. So there's, there's dargas of quality time. You know, I, I, sometimes I remember a certain woman wants her husband home every night. I don't know. She, I'm, I, I'm, this is not necessarily, but she watches television. He has to be next to him. She, she needs him to bodyguard her. He needs to spend time with me. She's sitting there watching, again, I'm not... Whatever they're doing, but if she certainly she's watching television, when will you know husband? You keep learning Torah. Maybe it would, maybe it'll make you stop watching television. You realize there's something more important in life, right? You know. But I'm serious. Like, how in the world she wants to be home every night? She wants him to, to sit there and play play, or he should be around. Okay, if you have little kids, if you're legitimately leaded, when you're first get married, trying to trying to spend more time. And of course, a husband should spend time with his wife every night, but you have to, you know, there has to be a certain amount of quote-unquote cruelty to, to leave the house and to do Torah and to learn the daf. I mean, obviously, the, the ideal situation is to is to education, by the way. That's to teach kids from a little age when Tati's learning not to disturb you. Torah is important. Your wife should know Torah is important. But there's a certain amount you have to say, you know what? You're not going to be Mr. Nice Guy. He, you know, some people tell me, I said to them, why don't you come to me and Shalom Bias. Shalom Bias. So that works once or twice, but every day you can't come to me because of shalom bias. So sometimes the shalom bias should suffer a little bit, right? Which means this is not the time you you know if you're making money, your wife understands. You have to learn how to how to how to do this again. This is just we're trying black white white over here. Real life is great, but don't be a rachman on the sake of Torah. Torah says daven a minion. Don't say shalom bias. That should you know there are times where everyone will have a shalom bias pator, but that's not the default. Um, and Shlomo says in Mishlei, don't hold back from a kid Musr. That if you have a parent, you have to discipline. And disciplining, again, is an art. It is an art. It's not, it's, you know, potching a kid today comes is a loaded weapon, right? Often doesn't work and often causes resentment, but you got to discipline. And you're limited. After a while, these kids can't be disciplined anymore. They're, they're, they're independent. You know, it used to be a certain age. Today, it's like they get a certain age. They think they're, you know... One thing the parents have is the credit card, right? You know? <laughs> so, I'm serious. It's not... Uh, if you don't tell a little kid when they're younger to speak... If you have a, a seven-year-old or eight-year-old kid who's chutzpah to their parent at seven or eight, and you do nothing about it, I hate to see that kid when they're 17 or 27. If you do nothing... Perfect slapping angel. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I saw an amazing line by a very famous machanach. He said, "He said, tell your kids to learn when they're younger, even if they may not. When they get older, they know that learning is important. You understand? You hear it something enough, you'll know it's important. Uh, you know, you, you it, there's an osmosis in the kid. They'll know they're supposed to learn. If they never hear it, they won't do it, right? You know, uh, one of my kids came back uh, using the word from school, unfortunately, Schwarza. Now, it wasn't said in a nice way. Let's put it that way. It was said like, oh, they're a bunch of schwarzes. Like that. I, I gave it to this kid. I said, who do, you, who do you think you're doing? 
That's how you talk. You know, it's, it's, it's not appropriate. Well, everyone school talks. I don't care what everyone school talks about. You know, it's not how you talk. Now, they're not using, like, with it. And they're not saying it like the clan, the clan Chassasham, or anything like it. But it's just, it's not a good thing for anyone. And certainly, if you do as a little kid, you get used to doing it, you get older. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, you grow up with it. So you got to tell them now, you stop it, you nip it in the bud. Right? You got to nip it, you have to nip it in the bud. Yidei Nashim, and it says in Eichla, and Eichla, merciful woman, cook their children. sniffles. So, so little, little whatever needs. It's not. It's so again. Torah says the kid should go. Don't worry. Uh, uh, and what happens is this kid ends up getting Gehenna because when he gets an adult, he doesn't get sleep either. He doesn't. Go, he sleeps late Sunday morning also. Doesn't come to Minyan. I actually had an email. It's not actually unbelievable. Actually, I, I don't know how this guy even got my. Uh, actually, I do know how this person got my invocation. This is a, a true story. I'm, I'm sure some of the people who have lived in the Bay Area he know his name or the family's name. I'm positive. Uh, a guy emails me on Friday night after Shabbos. So I saw it last night. He saw my invocation. Very whatever. He's going to Israel in a week. He wants to know, this is not a joke, the following thing. He, could he pray to bridge the gap? He says that little, as a young kid he was in Israel. Um, and he felt very connected to Judaism and God, and he's in his 50s now. He's not felt connected to Judaism and God for many years. Happens to make his first trip in Israel in many years. Is there a prayer that he can do to connect to Judaism and God? Now, this guy, from it sounds like, for over 30 years, had nothing to do with Judaism. I'm telling you, Howard and Alex, who were around the, the Beth David crowd, I'm sure heard his name, uh, positive. is uh, an old family from the Bay Area, and like a connected family. For 30 years, like, something went wrong there, right? But you know what 30 years not to have anything is? So, if you do nothing, if you don't create it, so you're liable for this. I mean, who's the one doing this? You're, you, or if you can help somebody, you're liable for this. Um, and a, a real person mercy is to care about a person's soul, to say something, to do something. You know, you have a sister who's 75 years old, living in Oklahoma, and, her, and she grew up in the conservative temple. She does nothing. So what can you do for your sister? Well, maybe send her an article before a Purim, about Purim. Maybe. Right? No, don't. Your sister's 75 years old. You know, it's a little hard to, to affect Bertha. That's, I don't, no, one, no one under 55 has the name Bertha. Well, I'm all Bertha, right? It was Bertha, Gertrude. I mean, Gertrude's Hazel, anyway. maybe, too. Huh? Hazel, 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 I hear once in a while. Bart. I don't think anyone under 55 here names with the name Bart. Bart. Uh, Bart. <laughs> right, like, it's her names. So Bertha, Sister Bertha, right? Bertha, Gertrude, whatever her name is, right? We're going to let her live in Oklahoma as a guy her rest of her life, and you're keeping Torah mitzvahs. You do nothing for her. So send her a small thing about Purim, which are happy Purim. Do something about it. 
That's to, that mercy is not to upset Bertha, so she should go around her whole life doing nothing. Mercy is to do something, right? To do something, to think about something, to, to try something. Again, Bertha, you can't say, listen, Bertha, you know, give her a shear on shotness. <laughs> hey, what is that? She's going to get the shear on shotness. She's thinking, what is this guy? My brother's an absolute mashugana. Tell you a shear on shotness. You've got to know what you're, her level, right? Now, if there's a person, Amachad, who doesn't keep shotness, other, other week, other week, Simon Reinerman stops me. It's not true, sure. Simon Reinerman stops me Shabbos afternoon, Shabbos at Kiddush. She, she looked at a guy's coat. She said, it's, it, it's, it's definitely linen, and it's most probably shotness. Should I say anything to him? I said, of course. He's wearing it now. Of course. This guy's wearing shotness. This person has to know he's wearing shotness. This person is Amma. But if, if she would ask me the following question, guy just walked off of the, off of the street, took a silk yarmulke. His wife came with a purse. You know, he's never been to the shawl before. He's wearing a coat of shotness. Should I say anything? I would say, unfortunately, I shouldn't. Right, because he's not. If you tell him shotness, he's going to run for his life and never come back here. Right, because he's not at the level here about shotness, and that's not where he's holding right now. Baruch Hashem, he walked into the shul. So again, you have to know who people are, what they're about to do something, you know, to care about something. That's real mercy is to care about a person. Um, such a person who does it, they can it from the students of Avraham Abino. Sha'af al pi that Avraham. Was the Av Harachman was a merciful father. Vaisa Elo, Ra'il Tamidov, Avram, who went out and, and told people. You know, Avram was not just the, 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 the emblem of Chesed, he was the iconoclast. Right? He was a person who broke the idols, right? He annoyed people, as I said yesterday, to get thrown into the fire. Uh, you know, and listen to Avram, the same Avram Avinu. Who was the person who who loved Dibikur Cholim, who ran out and guessed in the age of how old was he when he had to get his guess after his bris? How old was he? 90, 99 years old, an elder man, old and sick, guessed and, and welcomed them. When Hashem said, Sacrifice your son, what did he do? Didn't blink. Because whatever Hashem wants, that's what I want. That same person of Chesed, the emblem of Chesed, it's ultimately it's not what I want. It's not what my, some people say, I'm shy, or it's not me. It's not you. It's like if you see a holocaust going on, it's not me. You know, it's not me. I can't do. I can't do anything. I can't be activist. I can't. It's not. Yeah, do something again. Not being a crazy mishugan, knowing what everything is, but to care enough. And Avram said, "Wherever Hashem wants, I want." Call me the sechas. I said, "Atzmach sari obni yechido." He took a machaz. He took the sword. Lishkot to spin a lasso. Sword turned kono. Ukenegah harigas beno. O mesiris nafsho. I call you kol beis mishkal. Person to always distance of the raw and to do whatever Hashem wants. That's good for cold over tov. That's the essence of being a man. Next week we're going to start a new topic. I actually this topic I'm very for, looking forward to. That's Eretz Yisrael. What Eretz Yisrael is the love. Uh, he, the, 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 when the time of the Peleites, Peleites came. The mass immigration to Israel, obviously before the state of Israel, uh, was was well. Well, eighteen eighty one was when Bilu was based on so like Luchmanelcha, which was 
uh, the, the, uh, which was after the, uh, the, the, the Alexander's death, the second murder. They did all the pogroms in the beginning of the early Zionist movement. Uh, but even in the 1850s and 60s, Yushalayim's population starts to go up, to jack up uh, even before that. Uh, so he lives around that time. And the more, uh, honestly, uh, if you can be in... He lived, no, he lived in Bulgaria, the Pelagites. Uh But the more we love Israel, even in people in Israel, to love Israel is a tremendous smile. To appreciate what Eretz Israel is, is a tremendous smile. So we'll talk about the next couple of weeks, the smile of Eretz Israel and how every Jew, wherever they live, obviously for Zeichah to live in Eretz Israel, but every Jew has to live, plenty of Jews in Israel who don't love Israel. I'm not, I'm, not about, I'm not trying to love the state. That's a different discussion. And <laughs> I, 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 again, I hold it where if you live there, you benefit from the state of Akar Satov. How much you want to be, it's different opinions. But to love Israel, to love the, the Eretz Israel, every, any Jew who's lacking in that is lacking in their Yiddishkeit completely. It's, it's, it's fundamental to Judaism to have a, a burning love for Israel. I will pick up next week. <laughs>